And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or maybe you're listening on Sunday night on WBIX, the Business Buzz, AM 1260, or maybe you're even listening on the app or WROLradio.com. Welcome to the Car Doctor Radio Program. If you've never listened before, well, it's kind of a second opinion show, informational. Are we going to tell you how to rebuild the engine in your car? Probably not. Takes too long. Take too long to do that. But we try to uh, have some good information, good guests, information about all kinds of different things. If you happen to be home last night at 730 watching Chronicle on WCVB, uh, I was on there for a couple of minutes. So uh, um, feel free to critique that. <laughs> uh, most people do. But you can do that. Or if you were on, uh, if you happen to be a friend of AAA.com on their Facebook page, myself and George Morse did a Facebook Live yesterday. And we'll talk a little bit about what that is a little bit later. But we did a, kind of a car doctor Q&A column uh, on Facebook Live, and we'll talk about that. But right now with us uh, on the phone is Richard Rainer from Car ID. Uh, Richard's been with us before. And uh, I don't. It's that it's coming. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day who said, "Oh, I just bought one of those for my mom for Christmas. I haven't even thought about Christmas presents yet." Uh, but uh, Richard, good morning. And uh, good morning, John. And you know, uh, maybe maybe it isn't too early to start to shop for the holidays. Well, when you invited me on to the show to talk about holiday shopping, John, my first reaction was. It's going to be 75 degrees in New Jersey today. Who's thinking about holiday shopping? But when I look at the calendar, I have to agree with you. It's right around the corner, and it's not too early to start. Well, it was 34 degrees in Boston this morning, so it was a little it was a little frosty on the windows. So it kind of made me kind of made me think about it. So I'm a little further south than yeah. you. No, it was cool this morning here. Also, it is supposed to warm up, but seriously, it is uh, it is that time of year, and it's an exciting time and. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the holiday and what might uh, be what might make some great gifts for some of our gearhead friends. Yeah, I mean, really, you know, a lot of times I think about with with um, you know people shopping for the holidays, especially for people who love cars. One of the things that I always think about for the for the absolutely non technical person is go out and buy a great like car coffee table book. But for the hands on people, you guys have all kinds of stuff from. Real serious stuff to uh, things like uh, you know f- floor mats and seat covers. I mean, you, you guys, you guys have uh, uh, pretty much A to Z on everything in the automotive parts and accessories department. Yes, yes. Thanks for that. And John, on that topic, we'll, we'll start right there. I mean, one one thing I say to people who are shopping, let's say for a spouse or a family member, and and the person doing the shopping isn't really a car person. Uh, we offer, and we divide it up by categories and make it very easy to find on our website, we offer lots of things that you can get that car person. You don't even need to know what year, make, model, vehicle that loved one is driving. Uh, everything from tool sets to tool boxes to waxes and polishes, um, clothing, safety clothing. Uh, if, if your uh, significant other is always out in the garage and, and just needs some new uh, uh, eye protection or ear protection, uh, we've got that kind of stuff. So just starting right there, there's a lot to choose from in the automotive category that are things that don't, do not necessarily attach to the car. 
Right, absolutely. And then there's there's things like it seems like every third person on the road has a pickup truck. You guys have pickup you guys have pickup truck accessories that go from uh you know uh you know bed storage systems to you know off-road shock absorbers. Uh 100% correct. And just on that note, I did a little research before coming on the phone with you. Just looked at new vehicle sales year to date. Uh, top 20 sales, as were reported uh, at a reputable website online. No surprise to either you or me, John, that the top three positions in the, in the top 20 uh, is the Ford full-size pickup, the Chevy full-size pickup, the Dodge Ram full-size pickup. So we may not see it as much in the Northeast. I know that when I travel seriously out to the Midwest or the Southwest, which I do sometimes, uh, the, the the percentage of vehicles uh, on the road represented by pickup trucks is actually literally two or three times what you and I see in Metro Boston or Metro New York. So we've got a, a category on our website that's simply called truck accessories. And again, we make this simple for you. Everything from lighting upgrades to uh, license plate frames, bed rails, uh, uh, side running boards, uh, mud flaps, uh, toolboxes that fit in the back of the pickup. You don't need to be an expert on the vehicle that you're buying the accessory for to have a nice variety of choice when you look at what's on our, our, our website. And for the a uh, little bit more diehard, and before actually before I get to that, um, and and you guys, I, I was looking at some of the stuff in the pickup truck lineup, and you guys have some pretty innovative um, storage systems, including some stuff with uh, like slide out, uh, almost like slide out draws that sort of, oh, yeah. yeah, it sort of like double the bed, yeah. These are relatively new, and I will say these are a huge seller for us. Uh, I was unaware of them until we, we brought them on. But there are these, these things. If you're using your pickup truck for work and you need to be able to be completely organized, there are these things that fit in the bed of the pickup truck. As you just said, they have slide-out drawers. They still allow you some utility to use the, the top of the uh, this device for, for the pickup purposes. Mm-hmm. And I think most impressive to me is the carrying capacity, the weight capacity. These are not lightweight uh, accessories at all. In fact, the accessory itself is is rather heavy, but the trucks can handle it. Uh, the point is, is that uh, you may look at these at first glance and think that you're lessening your pickup truck utility. In fact, you're doubling it or tripling it. So that that's a great call out. It, it it's just it just looked like a pretty innovative product. And the other thing, you know, for people that are a little bit more serious, and and it's kind of funny when I when I first kind of got into this business years ago you know customizing was all about the engine it was all about the transmission it was all about change and now a lot of it's about the appearance and you guys sell full body kits yeah we have the full body kits uh they come in a lot of different materials uh, some of these are for the diy guy uh, do keep in mind that some of these very full body kits uh, do involve a little bit more work as far as installation uh which is okay you know that uh, we sell them at a favorable enough price that that the overall offering is still very attractive. And, and speaking of looks, uh, John, I did not want to let go of this lighting category because lighting is one of these other categories that for us has just exploded. No, no pun intended. LED lights are just all the rage now that LED headlights 
are, are fully on board. We've got everything from uh, headlight uh, upgrade kits that are LEDs, full custom headlamp assemblies as well as tail lamp assemblies. They come in different colors. You can get them with chrome backing, get them with, with smoke lenses. My favorite thing to talk about is actually one of the uh, uh, the less expensive uh, upgrades, and that's a simple swap out of your existing bulb. So you can buy LED bulbs to replace that 1157 bulb or that uh, uh, that 184 bulb, whatever it is in your car, inside and outside. And if you haven't done that yet, I cannot tell you the the upgrade in the brightness. And the intensity of the light is incredible. It really is a safety feature. Uh, I recommend to all my friends, starting with the reverse lamps, swap out your reverse lights with LED lights, and when you put the vehicle in reverse, and hopefully you're turning around when you back up, and, and you look at that back window, it's almost like having headlights behind you. They do such a great job of illuminating what's behind you. And the other thing, unlike years ago when, when there was brighter um, backup lights and brighter brake lights. The LEDs run a lot cooler, so you don't have to worry about overheating sockets, which was, you know, pretty common ten years ago. That's a great point. Uh, they they do run cooler. Uh, there's no uh, extra stress and strain on your charging system, which some people might think and might make them feel they they don't want to upgrade their car. Um, in fact, I've got a uh, I've got a first generation Miata and uh, haven't done it to my own car yet. So we're talking about a little uh, project at work. We're going to uh, uh, do some LED lighting upgrade uh, on my car. I might even put something on the website about that. And the other thing is, people don't realize, and and you kind of notice if you see any you know newer car and newer probably in the last five or eight years. But the LEDs, if you see a if you see a high mounted brake light that's LEDs. And you look at, if you're really aware and you look at the LED light versus the conventional taillights, the LEDs actually come on slightly faster. And in a safety situation, that blink of a second might just be enough to catch somebody's attention that you're stopping so they do, so they stop behind you. That is a great thing. I'm smiling listening to you because I was working for an OE manufacturer when the industry just started to switch over to these LED third lights. I remember reading that in a press release and kind of saying to myself, oh, that's, what a silly thing to say, until I saw it for the first time. And you're right, if you watch for it, you'll see it's a fraction of a second. But if you're traveling at some rate of speed, that fraction of a second can make the difference between stopping in time and not stopping in time. And one of my favorite vehicles to do um, upgrades, simple upgrades to, is Jeeps. And you pretty much have Jeeps. I think you could build a Jeep on your accessories that you have. Uh, just about. We sell the tubs. Uh, you might have to go get a frame from a, uh, a salvage yard. I'm not going to talk about the legality of the VIN there, but seriously, uh, when it comes to Jeeps, as you know, this, this, just that brand and that model, the Wrangler, continues to be uh, an awesome vehicle that young people and old people are attracted to. It serves so many purposes. You can use it as a daily driver. You can go off-roading in it. You can use it as your vacation car, summer and winter. I see, I, I live not that far from the Jersey Shore. Not unusual to see a car full of young people with the, the top and the doors off heading down for a great day at the beach. And at the same time in the winter, have this very same vehicle outfitted to take people up into the mountains for a ski weekend. So when it comes to accessories 
everything from wheels and tires, uh, replacement tops, different style tops, uh, alternate seats, uh, suspension upgrades, skid plates for you off-road fans to protect the underside, uh, all kinds of uh, carrying accessories to carry your bikes, carry your skis, carry your snowboards, all Jeep-specific, and all under a link on our website called the Jeep Store. The Jeep Store. And, and you know, I was down in Florida uh, last week, and this may come as a little surprise to you. Apparently, you and I both have some sort of an accent that identifies where we're from. Just to I like don't you, believe that. Yeah, just to I, like, I you know, just to, you know, when you said you're from you're from Jersey, you know, it, I you know, I don't I don't really hear it, but apparently other people do. So. <laughs> Brooklyn, New York, to be specific. Oh, okay. John. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I thought there was a little something there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know uh, we don't have that much more time. I, I do want to take a moment, and again, one of my favorite categories that gets it back a little bit to safety, and we can talk just a, for fraction of a second more about buying gifts uh, when the person doing the purchasing doesn't know that much about the vehicle. Back to safety, because one of the big, big categories for us continues to be things in the electronics category. So these backup cameras, my wife got a new car earlier this year, came with a backup camera for the factory, first car in the family with a backup camera. Once you drive with one of these things, you wonder how you got along without it. The good news is they are available as an aftermarket accessory. You can get them from us, relatively easy to install. We even now have these so-called 360-degree or bird's-eye vision systems. Have you driven a car with one of yeah, these things? Yeah, I have, yeah. They're pretty, pretty, pretty amazing, and it makes, and especially if you're driving a, a car that is a little bit lower to the ground. I was uh, looking at a BMW yesterday. It was relatively new, and they got too close to a, uh, probably an eight-inch tall curb, and the it didn't just it didn't just crack the front air dam. It it took off most of the bumper. Wow! Wow! Yeah. So yeah. Have, having the ability to have uh, kind of vision all the way around the car, so you know how you're parking and parking safely, is just uh, is a, a pretty good idea. Yeah, yeah. I drove a late model Volvo with one of these, and you feel like you're in a science fiction movie. You cannot believe what you're that image you're looking at on the screen is really you and your vehicle and all the surrounding uh, territory. Again, we sell this as an upgrade or as an aftermarket accessory, and we also sell a lot of uh, things regarding uh, cell phones, everything from in-phone uh, chargers to phone carriers uh, to Bluetooth accessories. And, and you and I both know how really important, especially for young drivers, newer drivers, to be able to communicate hands-free, uh, keep both hands on that wheel, and keep the eyes uh, looking at the windshield and on the road. So these are just really nice... Things to keep in mind for holiday shopping, they're not very expensive either. You don't need to spend $1,000 to have one of these really nice uh, safety upgrades. Well, uh, two more things before we let you go. What happens if somebody buys me some, uh, you know, my 13th pair of fuzzy dice or something, and I said, you know, can can I return it? How how? What happens if either I get the wrong part or I get something I don't want? How do How do you guys handle returns? We, we have a, a great return policy. We've got a 30-day uh, money-back guarantee on anything you buy as long as it's unused. 
Keep in mind we've got uh, a call center uh, right here in New Jersey, so you can call in. Uh, when you buy from our website, John, we give you the option. We make it very easy. You can order uh, without speaking to someone. So the website is set up. If you want to sit home in your jammies at 10 o'clock at night and place an order, you can do that. Or if you want to get some professional advice before you hit that order button, you can call in seven days a week. And, again, returns, we make that as simple as possible for you. Well, that, that's that's good. And, you know, we've talked we've talked about all these products. We haven't actually told people how to get there yet. Oh, it's uh, www.carid.com. That's C-A-R-I-D.com. And uh, website's open 24-7, obviously. Let's not forget we've also got gift cards, which you can get on our website. If you really can't make a decision, get a Car ID gift card and let the uh, car owner uh, go on a shopping spree all on their own. Do you have one of those little tiny toolboxes you can put the Car ID gift card in? Yeah, we do, in fact. <laughs> now, Richard, thanks thanks for joining us on the Car Doctor program here in Boston. It's uh, it's always great to talk to you. And the website just has so much information. Whether you're whether you're buying or just uh, browsing or just trying to learn something, uh, every time I pop up your website for something, I, I see a new accessory that I look at and go, wow, that would make life easier or that would be pretty cool to add to a car. And it seems like you pretty much cover the you know cover the gamut of uh, years and makes and models too you seem to yeah, have sincerely sincerely thank you very much for that we've got a lot of helpful guides and articles on our website those are free uh we're very much in tune with the idea of trying to educate our customer base so take a look through we're always adding articles uh for car covers we just added a real state-of-the-art uh, shopping guide that's a combination written shopping guide as well as an extensive video you can learn all about car covers before you even spend a dime. So uh, again, we're trying to make it simple for you, for everybody. John. Yeah, that's a that's a real good point because, like I mentioned, I was in Florida last week and I I drove by you know a lot of cars with car covers on them and a lot of cars the car covers had either blown off, they're worn out, they weren't the right cover for for Florida sun. Um, and having that ability to kind of figure out which is the right cover so you don't make a a hundred dollar mistake. Yeah, yeah, that info is right on the website. So, again, uh, take a look at that when you get a chance. CarID.com, C-A-R-I-D.com is, is how you find it. And, Richard, uh, always a pleasure, and enjoy your 75-degree uh, Jersey day. <laughs> Thanks, John. It's a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, we'll talk soon. But in the meantime, happy holidays. You as well. Take care. Bye-bye now. That was uh, Rich Rand from uh, Car ID. Uh, just a very functional and informative web- website uh, with accessories. And there's a lot of these accessory uh, websites out there where you can buy all kinds of different things. But I, um, you know, it's it's always it's always good to see this stuff. Our phone number is six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven. Seven seventy thirty thirty. Let's uh, take a first call and then we'll take a break. Let's talk to Ray. Ray, good morning. Hey. Good morning. Hey. Good morning, Jim. How you doing? Good. Um, I'm calling. I just I took my Camino off to get a an inspection sticker yesterday, and I noticed that the radio didn't work, but uh, the uh, cassette player works. Oh, okay. And uh, so I was wondering. I said, I mean, it may have been like that before, too. I mean, it, it was that way before, and then yesterday, it uh, the radio didn't come on, and okay. the clock part of it didn't come on. It didn't light up. But I plugged in a, a cassette and a plate. Okay, so if the if the radio's not coming on and the clock's not coming on, chances right. are chances are there's either um, 
there's either two power supplies to the radio uh, okay. or two fuses to the radio or the radio is broken, one or the other. Um, but check all the fuses and also look for, is this an aftermarket radio? No, 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 it's the original. The original radio. Okay, so yeah, yeah. so there's not going to be an inline fuse. Check the fuse box, and there's there there's going to be more than likely there's going to be two fuses. One's going to power up the heavy duty part of the radio, which is the which is the cassette player, because that's got a lot of little motors in it. And the other one's yeah. going to power up the uh, the radio itself. So there may be two fuses. It may just be a fuse or a bad connection somewhere, and that's there, that's where the problem is. Okay, I thought maybe mice might have gotten through. Yeah, well, there's always that possibility, you know, where yeah. you know cars sit sit for a while. There's always that possibility that 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 could happen. Uh, and and you know, how old how old's the radio? Oh, it's thirty years old. Thirty years old. So I mean, the other thing is, it could just could just be broken. You never know. You know. So okay. yeah, but before I before I did that, what I would do. I mean that's a pretty easy radio to get out of the car too. So I, you know, pull the, you know, pull the, uh, the tuning and volume knobs out, pull the radio out if you have to, and yeah. power it up, power it up with a, you know, off a, a 12 volt battery, and see if, see if you can get it to work that way. If you can get the lights to come on, at least you, then you know there's an electrical connection between the fuse box and there. But I'm, 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 I'm hoping for the easy way, which is just as a, there's the uh, one of the fuses is just burned out. So take a test light, go up and down, or or voltmeter and go up and down on all the fuses. Make sure you got power to all the fuses first before you. That's, before that's you, a better shot. Yeah, that sounds that's probably a better idea. I wasn't sure. I didn't. You know, I, I said I just went out for those inspections because yeah. I said because it was up at the end of the month. I said if I don't get it out, I said might go back in. Yeah. Oh, I'm driving. I should get all the I'll get a ticket, won't I? Oh, you you will you will, and it's a moving violation, so it's actually a surcharge. So you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. So you made the right move, Ray. All right, thanks a lot. All right, take care, Ray. Bye-bye. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030 is how you get through and talk to us. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about Facebook Live, and also I want to talk about the Connecticut Auto Show. Connecticut Auto Show is coming up in a couple weeks, and I don't have them in my hand, but there's a FedEx package coming with some Connecticut Auto Show tickets. So we'll figure out how to give those away. We're also going to be play a little Halloween trivia and talk about the uh, the scary car that got me here today. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. We'll be right back. Giant Tire Savings continue at all Sullivan Tire and Auto Service locations during our tremendous November sales event. Just in time for the holiday driving season. Buy three, get one free on all Goodyear and Kelly tires in stock. Plus, save up to $200 on select Goodyear tires, such as the new Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready Tire, with all-season performance for tough New England weather. Check out our new website, SullivanTire.com, where it's now easier than ever to find your tires online and make service appointments. That's SullivanTire.com. Toyota is the number one best-selling car in the world. You probably know that. But what you should know is where the best place is to buy the best-selling cars. Look no further than Atlantic Toyota on the Midway in Lynn. Atlantic Toyota in Lynn has the largest selection at the lowest prices. With a friendly and knowledgeable staff, Atlantic Toyota in Lynn can get you into the right Toyota right now. Atlantic Toyota has an extreme clearance event on all remaining 2017 models, large manufacturer rebates, low financing as low as 0% on select models. Mention WEZE and you'll receive an additional $500 off all remaining 2017 models with already discounted prices. 
Supplies are limited, so hurry down to Atlantic Toyota in Lynn for full details. Bring the whole family with a great play area for the kids. Atlantic Toyota in Lynn, the number one place to buy the number one car. Call them at 866-676-4000. Offer may not be combined with any other discounts or offers. Call 866-676-4000 today. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800 642 31. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-642-9531 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-642-9531 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-642-9531. And data rates may apply. Sick of hair loss, thinning hair, bald spots? Ever thought about hair restoration? It's a life-changing decision. Thankfully, the first step is incredibly easy and absolutely free because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, is giving everyone who texts SAVE33 to 85850 an absolutely free information kit that reveals just how easy and affordable their permanent solution to hair loss really is. You'll see for free just how great your hair could look. Plus, when you text SAVE33 to 85850, we'll also give you a gift card for $250 off. Join the millions of men and women who have come to Bosley, the world's most experienced hair restoration expert for their permanent solution to hair loss. If you've ever thought about getting your hair back, don't miss this incredible offer. We're giving away an invaluable information kit absolutely free, plus a free $250 gift card to everyone who texts SAVE33 to 85850. That's S-A-V-E 33 to 85850. W-R-O-L Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Well, the Boston Auto Show is coming up, well, after the first year, uh, right around Martin Luther King holiday, right around then. Uh, but the Connecticut Auto Show is just a couple weeks away, and for our Southern Massachusetts, Connecticut listeners, um, Jeff's going to hate me. He's going to hate me. But if you want, if you want tickets to the Connecticut Auto Show, um, all you have to do is call up and ask. And I have, I, I, th- I think I have at least a dozen tickets. So why don't we give away, I don't know, six pair or something like that of tickets. So if you want tickets to the Connecticut Auto Show. And I know Connecticut, it's in Hartford, it's a long ways away. But if you like going to auto shows and you want free tickets, give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And uh, we'll, uh, Jeff's left-handed, so his writing's as bad as I am, so uh, as mine is. So, uh, But just call up, say hi to Jeff, and uh, say, hey, can I get some tickets for that Connecticut auto show? 617-770-3030, and he'll take care of you. In the meantime, uh, 
I want to talk about this little thing we did yesterday, which I found extraordinarily fascinating, which was we did this thing called Facebook Live. And Facebook Live is just a video part of Facebook, but it's truly live. And we we kind of went, we may have gone a little overboard with our technology when we did it because we had two laptop computers set up, a professional digital video camera, a monitor so people could put in questions. But uh, And I had, a, for want of a better word, a co-host, uh, George Morse. And we were able to, we solicited some questions for about a week ahead of time. So we had about 10 questions that were written down on index cards. And then we asked people if they wanted to, uh, send in their questions live at the same time so people could actually write in on the Facebook page and, and write in with live questions. In fact, I just answered another one this morning. Someone must have saw it this morning. I answered another one this morning. Uh, so it was, uh, so it was good to, so it was good to, you know, see people call in. But, um, it was about 30 minutes long. And it's on the AAA Northeast Facebook page. It's, 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 uh, it'll, it'll stay there for quite a while. And, um, you can check it out and see what it's see what it's all about. Uh, I think it I think it came out pretty well. George Morse, who who worked with me doing it, did a phenomenal job. He's uh, he he didn't just read questions. He read questions, read the questions, and elaborated on them, which I thought was I thought was pretty fun. And we did it in a new building that AAA is working on. It's our new fleet building, and. Um, it was uh, still a little bit under construction. Of course, it was quiet as can be when we went in and set up. And then uh, as just as we're ready to go on, somebody's there to look at the roof. Somebody's there to look at the uh, ventilation system. Someone's there to move stuff in. Uh, it was kind of funny when it was all happening. But, um, but what was amazing about it is it's two computers, a monitor, and a camera, and Facebook, and an Internet connection. We were basically a TV station. It's what it really amounted to. We created, for the cost of a couple laptops and a camera and an Internet connection, and it wasn't even a hard Internet connection. We used a Wi-Fi hotspot. Um, we created the equivalent of a TV station where people could tune in live and see something uh, on a four-foot folding table, which I you, just see how the technology has changed that much where people can say, it used to be, you know, a 50,000-square-foot building was a TV station. This was high-definition. Actually, I think it was I think it was even it was 1080p, so it was ultra-high-definition. Um, it, really, it was really pretty fascinating how it, how it all worked, and it worked pretty well. Um, if we really wanted to, we could take it a step further and actually introduce sort of phone calls into it at the same time. We're not we're we're not quite that sophisticated yet, but we we may be at some point. Uh, but just the idea that it actually worked and uh, people were able to see it. Question from Jeff. What date is the event? It's in a, it's in about three weeks. Yep. So we'll get we'll get the question came up what what uh, about the Connecticut Auto Show and um, when is it? And we can. Uh, We'll use the power of the internet to figure that out. So, to get the exact date, but it's in it's in uh, it's in a couple of weeks. Uh, it is November seventeenth through the nineteenth. So November seventeenth and nineteenth. So if you have if you have that uh, if you have that time open, 
And uh, they look like they're going to have, uh, they look like it's going to be a, a good event. It's at the Connecticut Convention Center. Uh, and it's always, uh, it's always uh, any auto show where you can go and check out what's there and check out the cars without the pressure of sale sometimes is always kind of fun. And they look like they're going to have some, look like they're going to have some, uh, some, well, all the new cars are going to be there. But uh, they, always, they always have a lot of fun. So it's located at the Connecticut Convention Center, which is in Hartford. The Connecticut Auto Show, uh, you can look at hundreds of the cars, the newest model years, imported domestic cars, vans, crossovers, hybrids, light trucks, sport utilities, cars to suit every budget. And uh, there will be factory and dealer representatives on hand to answer your questions. Again, no pressure environment. So, you know, you, you, buy, you buy one ticket, and you don't even buy it because you call here and you get them for free. You you get some free tickets and you're able to uh, you're able to go to the show and sit in and touch and play with hundreds of cars. So, and Hartford's not really that far away. If you're if you're listening, and you want to go. Um, I think we've given away three or four sets, three or four pairs, something like that. Yeah, we've, oh, we've only given away a couple pairs. So if you want to call in and get some tickets to the auto show, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And, again, it's the Connecticut Auto Show. Boston Auto Show and RV Show are coming up, and that's coming up after the first of the year. But I think in the same package we may have some other auto show tickets too. So that was nice. And, and you know what I like about this too? I like the idea that I get to I get to know who's listening and where they're where they're listening from, so which is always kind of fun. So I talked about the scary vehicle that got me here today, and I'm trying to have a scary Halloween theme. I'm doing the best I can, and I entitled this "Something Wicked This Way Comes." A little scary, and it is the 2017 Ford Raptor. It's an aggressive off-road version of the 4x4 Ford F-150. For 2017, there's no V8 engine. Instead, the Raptor's powered by a V6 EcoBoost turbo. So you're thinking, oh, all, all of a sudden the Raptor gets got wimpy? 450 horsepower out of this EcoBoost turbo. So plenty of power. It's connected to a 10-speed automatic transmission. A 10-speed automatic transmission. The first transmission I ever rebuilt was a Power Glide. It was two speeds. And then I remember looking at a three-speed transmission going, oh, ooh, look at that, three-speed. And then a four-speed, now 10-speed automatic transmission. Uh, the Raptor had ridiculous amounts of ground clearance without actually being that hard to get in and out of. Uh, Raptor had the extended cab version with clamshell doors, not quite as roomy as a four-door crew cab. But at one point, I did have four adults. Now, granted, they were small adults in the back of the truck. The V6 engine delivers surprising performance with 60 miles an hour arriving in less than six seconds. Pretty fast for a truck. Um, the ride's pretty good, and the aggressive off-road tires are actually pretty quiet. This doesn't this doesn't rattle you out of the the cab like you would expect these tires to do. And the ride is actually feels typical four x four, not bad at all. Uh, our truck came with is this a uh, is this a desert hauler uh, off-road monster with no uh, comfort inside of it? No, our truck our truck came with. Remote start, dual dual zone climate control, sync three infotainment, trailer brake controller with backup assist, uh, big forged aluminum wheels, heated steering wheel. Second, uh, you know, even even some of these models have second row heated seats. What is nice because it is does sit up a little high, has a built-in tailgate step, 
in a spray and bedliner. So I had the stuff we needed to do Facebook Live yesterday. I had the I had two tables and um, four three folding chairs, two bar stools, um, somebody's luggage in the back. I had a whole bunch of stuff in the back of it. The Raptor is actually six inches wider than a standard F one fifty, and it has this tough looking flared fenders both front and rear. The Raptor turns heads. Uh, no matter where I go, and it it still it still looks uh, you know to make it even look even to me meaner but tougher. Um, it has holes in the front bumper to show off the chunky suspension. It has these gigantic three-inch diameter shocks uh, that make it look like you can go anywhere. And I really think you can, even with all this crazy hardware. The Raptor is still a pickup truck capable of towing an eight thousand pound trailer, hauling twelve hundred pounds in the bed. The bottom line is, if you have well, they don't give Raptors away, but if you have about $65,000 or more to spend on a truck and you want to stand out from the crowd, the Raptor is a pretty great choice. Uh, it is, uh, is it the most fuel-efficient vehicle in the world? It isn't terrible, um, 16 to 20 miles per gallon maybe, um, if you keep your foot out of it. Um, big gas tank, 18-gallon gas tank. I think I put $44 worth of gas in it yesterday. I still had a quarter of a tank of gas. Uh, but but overall, uh, pretty pretty roomy and comfortable front seat. It has a center console I swear you could put a small briefcase inside of. Uh, small golf compartment, uh, cup holders, 110-volt outlet on the dash. So if you're running your laptop computer and you want to run it off of, like, the equivalent of house current, you can do that. Uh, All kinds of 12-volt power plugs, you know, cigarette lighter-style plugs and USB plugs. So all kinds of of neat stuff there. So plenty of stuff. Jeff's typing over there. I don't know what he's doing. I can read your writing. Don't worry. All right. No, you don't have to worry. My writing's my writing's worse than yours, so you don't you don't need to worry about anything. Our phone number is six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Let's talk to Rick. 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 Hey, John. Hey, Rick. I think I got a question that I've never asked you before. Well, you've only been listening for ten years. You're almost. I I think you're. Uh, I I, you, I thought you answered. I thought you asked everyone, but that's good. I like this. Okay, uh, when is coming? Now. Uh, a lot of people ha- have, like me, nothing to park the cars in. they got to park it outside. Mm-hmm. Some people have unheated garages, and some might even have heated or semi-heated garages. Yeah, we hate them, yeah. actually, by the way. And what special care do uh, the people who are parking the cars just wouldn't need to do for each of those situations? For each of those situations. Well, if you're parking outside, and uh, now are you talking about just parking outside or leaving the car stored outside? Well, I don't have any place to uh, store it, you know, in front of my house. No. I don't have a garage. Yeah, but, I mean, are you talking about leaving it for the entire winter without driving no. it? Oh, no. 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 Uh, the best thing best thing you do is, uh, you know, do all do all the regular routine service. Make sure the tires are properly inflated. Um, lubricate everything that you can lubricate, so door locks, you know, you know, and we talked about this last week. Um, and then um, – a good coat of wax on the car is just going to help protect it against the the you know salt, sand, and other stuff that is bad for a car. Um, in the winter time, there's going to be lots of salt and calcium chloride and stuff on the roads. Trying to wash that off periodically is going to help minimize rust. The stuff we put on the roads today is terrible 
for cars, it's, and it's not all that great for roads, but it does prevent a lot of car crashes because of ice buildup. Um, so you want to try to clean the car as much as you can. If you're somebody who has an unheated garage or a carport, then at least the car's drier, but still maybe not completely dry. And you do very similar things. Uh, if you have a, if you have a, a garage that's unheated and the car's sitting for more, more than it's being used, I still would recommend putting a car cover over. If you're if you're somebody that only maybe it's uh, you know like our our guest that was on this morning has a Miata. Well, maybe he parks his Miata in the garage, but once every two or three weeks he takes it out for a ride. Covering it with a car cover, even in a garage, is a good idea. It just keeps it cleaner. And then if you have a nice heated garage, well, there's not much you need to do other than you still need to worry about tires and tire pressure. Um, every tire pump I went by this morning seemed to have a car parked in it because the temperature went from um, you know, 65 degrees yesterday to 34 degrees overnight, and everybody's uh, low tire lights came on overnight. So, um, so you know, mostly what it really is is making sure the car is clean and dry the best you can. And if you can't keep it dry, the least you can do is keep it clean and washing off all, all the accumulated junk that builds up uh, from the roadways. Well, I think you forgot one thing, John. I could have. Yeah. And that is, if you, you know, either of the, the the first two situations, um, you know, maybe a carport might be a garage, maybe not. But uh, having shovel and brush near your front door so you could get to your car. Oh, that's yeah, that's you know, that's a good point, uh, especially especially if you're somebody who parks in the city or parks yeah. on a you know parks on a side road and you have no driveway and the plow came by and there's four feet of snow plowed next to the side of your car. Then what do you do? Well, you're not going to yeah, drive. Right? You're not going to drive out. You got to shovel out. I'm at the end of a dead end. So guess where the snow ends? Uh, yeah, yeah. I know exactly where it ends because I'm second. I'm second from the end of a dead end, and it, it either set it either ends up on my corner or at the or at the dead end. And sometimes they they go a little bit wide, so things things can happen. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Having having a shovel having a shovel handy is is always is always good and always makes sense. Well, I've got one in my car, and I got uh, one on, on the front porch, and I got a couple of snow brushes in the car, and uh, I think I have to break, break up. I got a broom, but I have to break up this, the uh, other one and get it up on the porch for this. Winter. Yeah, and you know, yeah. one of the things I like to use too. I I always used to have. I used to go go to a store and buy a good a good push broom, and the only thing I used it for was to brush the snow off the cars. That way, I knew it didn't pick up any dirt and junk that could scratch the car and then uh then i got one of those snow brooms one of those things that looks like a chunk of styrofoam with uh with uh on the end of a handle you can move incredible amounts of snow with those clean all the snow off and be a good safe driver with no snow on the car and you're also not impacting the cars around you with snow blowing off of them so um you know those those work really well too well i also have a suggestion for uh Cows girls that uh, uh, are, you know, have their apartment there for their cars. Yep. And that is to go out to the store, buy a couple of steaks and potatoes and other things like that, and have their boyfriend's phone numbers. So when they get their car gets plowed in or snowed in, offer them uh, to cook them a supper while their uh, boyfriends dig out the cars. Well, you know that, that you know it sounds a little sexist there, Rick, but you know, uh, uh, but uh, but I, you know, I think you're onto something. So. 
Uh, <laughs> well, I, I've been accused of that before, John. So, <laughs> you know the the other, you know the other the other thing, you know, you're talking about shovels and uh, and uh, what do they what do they call what do they call the uh, the fold up military shovel? The uh, entrenching tools. Entrenching tools. Yeah, the, the U.S. military has a trifold one, which isn't you know, bad at all. The old uh, U.S. Army uh, folding shovel, or I have to have some German military shovels that are steel and oak, and um, they're, they're great for uh, shoveling out your car. They don't, you know, they're, they're short handled there, so they're easy to carry, yep. and that, and they're a heck of a lot better than those, you know, um plastic. And right. aluminum ones that you can buy at the hardware store, right? And, and, and they will outlast you and me and all of our cars. Oh yeah, and like you know, the uh, the old ones actually have a pick end. Yep. So they're great for chopping ice. Yep. No, that's that's the that's the one thing I remember. I was with I was with somebody one day, and we're at an Army Navy store, and his kid was just getting his driver's license. I said, "Buy one of these for his car." This thing is; these things are fantastic, uh, and you don't, you can't move, you can't move a lot of snow because the shovel end is kind of small. But, um, but still, you can, you know, they'll they'll last, they'll last forever. They're solid as can be. You can pry with them. You can do all kinds of stuff with them. And you're right; they're absolutely, they're absolutely great. And uh, you know, and, and you know, they they serve they serve their function, and they can serve their function in a car in New England too. So. Well, put it this way: I've had one since around 1970 in my car. Yeah, no, no, I, I, uh, I, I think they're a perfect, they're a perfect thing. And I have, uh, I have a small. Uh, it looks like a kid's shovel, but it's actually a solid handle with a with a heavy aluminum blade on it, which I've I've carried for around forever with me. And then a couple years ago, somebody sent me this like little collapsible plastic shovel. And you can move a lot of snow with it, but if you're trying to chop through ice and and you know freshly plowed and refrozen snow, this thing isn't going to cut it. And so you know a good a good solid shovel is what you want, and you want to have it with you in the car. No, yeah, good, I've, good. I've, I've seen people try to scrape ice off the windshield with CD covers. Oh yeah, I've seen driver's license, credit cards, yeah. You know, Work IDs, you know, I've seen we have we have to have work IDs, and I've seen people do the same thing with their work IDs. So yeah, yeah, carry, you know, be you know, be a little bit of a Boy Scout, you know, have be uh, you know, prepare for the worst and and hope for the best, right? Yeah, yeah, Rick, always a pleasure. Well, John, you have a good day. All right, you as well. Take care now. Bye bye. Our phone number six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. How are we doing with tickets here, Mr. Jeff? we got one more set we can give away. We have one more set to the Connecticut Auto Show to give away. And, um, and you know, if you need if you need more than two for some reason, if you need four, I think we can still help you out with that. And, again, the, the show itself is next month in November, November 17th to the 19th. The, at the Connecticut Convention Center, easy for me to say, Connecticut Convention Center in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, also, let's see. Well, also we're going to play a little trivia, and um, maybe we'll do that after the next break. 
Maybe we'll do that after the next break. Maybe that's maybe that's the right thing the right thing to do because that way, if somebody still wants tickets to the Connecticut Auto Show, they can call up. But for trivia, they actually have to talk to me, not just Jeff. They have to talk to me. But for auto show tickets, they don't have to talk to anybody. So, does car color matter for resale value? Apparently, it does. Um, this is from our folks over at uh, iccars.com. And we've had Fong Lee on the program a couple of times. But they put out these sort of interesting uh, little surveys. And a car's color may seem irrelevant to its resale value, but car search engine at uh, iccars.com, new analysis over 2.1 million used car sales found uh, that retained value actually varies widely across car colors. With the average car depreciates about 33% in the first three years of ownership, Yellow cars, strangely enough, hold their value the best and depreciate only by about 27%. On the other hand, gold cars depreciate the most. I guess I never thought about some of these colors either. Yellow depreciates 27%. Orange depreciates 30%, so actually less than average. So if every, I, I always said uh, Subaru Crosstrek's and uh, Prius C's only came in orange because that's all I ever saw for a while. Green cars depreciate about 30%, about the same. White cars, a little bit higher, 32.6%. White is still, white and silver are very popular colors because they're so neutral, uh, and they're also uh, very popular for fleet use. Uh, red cars depreciate just under the average at 32.7%. The average car is about 33%. Blue a little bit higher. Um, brown a little bit higher. Black cars depreciate 33.6%, so our Volkswagen is going to depreciate more than average. We're going to keep that car forever, I hope. Um, silver cars, about 34%. Beige cars, 36%. Um, they go on to say orange and green cars also retain their value well and are less common. Uh, together, yellow, orange, and green cars make up only 1.2% of all th- three-year-old cars. However, rarity alone does not determine how much a vehicle depreciates. The three worst colors, beige. Beige is not an attractive color for a car. Uh, purple and gold. There are a few purple cars, I guess. Have a, have a, only about a 0.7% share, but depreciate more than 10% worse than average. Again, we found this isn't due to, to the kinds of cars um, that uh, tend to come in these colors, explained uh, Fong Lee. For example, gold colors make up only 0.6% share of SUVs and 0.5% share of sedans, but have the worst and second worst depreciation within those segments. Across almost every single body style, gold color vehicles have the same of the worst depreciation rates of any because I think it is a very personal taste. If you want a gold car, you go, oh, I always wanted a gold car, and then everybody else goes, I don't really want a gold car. However, gold car colors are not just vehicles with high mileage. For example, coupes tend to have lower average miles than a typical uh, car and depreciate 29% over the first three years. However, gold coupes depreciate about ten, about 15% more than that. So there is something to this. And, and I guess, I don't know if you really thought about it when you were buying a car. Do you really think about the color as opposed to depreciation? The other part of it is you may, but color tends to be trendy. So the orange car that doesn't depreciate today, in five years from now, orange might be, uh, orange is not the new black. I've been waiting to use that all month. 
Um, the most common color is white, gray, and black, depreciated uh, at a rate very close to average, according to uh, Fong Lee, because these colors are so common, buyers can shop around more easily. And, again, they're common because they're, um, they're, they're pretty neutral in a lot of cases. Car colors and retained value does not seem to uh, affect the time it takes to sell the car. The average, the average three-year-old car sells in about 36.5 days, which is different than the old used car dealers used to say. If a used car dealer had a beige car on their lot, when painting cars was relatively inexpensive, they would paint it red. And that was always referred to as retail red. They would paint it red, it would sell right away, they'd leave it beige, it wouldn't sell. So, uh, but the average, the average length of cars sends on a lot, a little bit over a month. Um, so, a, a yellow car is on the market longer than, say, a white car. Not by much, but still sort of, sort of interesting, weird kind of things. And the methodology they use, they analyze again over, over 2.1 million cars that people have checked for. Um, why don't we take a break, if we can? And when we come back, we're going to play a little trivia. And then we're going to talk about another list that came from them, the 10 most least and most complained about cars. We'll be right back. Giant Tire Savings continue at all Sullivan Tire and Auto Service locations during our tremendous November sales event. Just in time for the holiday driving season. Buy three, get one free on all Goodyear and Kelly tires in stock. Plus, save up to $200 on select Goodyear tires, such as the new Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready Tire, with all-season performance for tough New England weather. Check out our new website, SullivanTire.com, where it's now easier than ever to find your tires online and make service appointments. That's SullivanTire.com. Don't you just hate the hassle of car buying? Make it easy by finding your financing first. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. As a member of the City of Boston Credit Union for over two decades, I know that they always put their members first with some of the most competitive car rates around. You can figure out what you want to spend before you even go shopping. Come visit the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and apply today. Or call 617-635-4545. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Equal Opportunity Lender. Toyota is the number one best-selling car in the world. You probably know that. But what you should know is where the best place is to buy the best-selling cars. Look no further than Atlantic Toyota on the Linway in Lynn. Atlantic Toyota in Lynn has the largest selection at the lowest prices. With a friendly and knowledgeable staff, Atlantic Toyota in Lynn can get you into the right Toyota right now. Atlantic Toyota has an extreme clearance event on all remaining 2017 models. Large manufacturer rebates. Low financing as low as 0% on select models. Mention WEZE and you'll receive an additional $500 off all remaining 2017 models with already discounted prices. Supplies are limited, so hurry down to Atlantic Toyota in Lynn for full details. Bring the whole family with a great play area for the kids. Atlantic Toyota in Lynn, the number one place to buy the number one car. Call them at 866-676-4000. Offer may not be combined with any other discounts or offers. Call 866-676-4000 today. Are you looking for direction in your life? 
Here's today's Pathway Minute with Dr. Robert Jeffress. You know, I believe it's possible to honor your parents even after they're gone. And to honor your parents after they are dead, that means to reverence your parents. To reverence your parents. Say, how is it possible to reverence parents who have died? Well, first of all, we reverence them through the way we talk about them, even after they're gone. The way we talk about our deceased parents to our other family members, to our friends, to our acquaintances, either honors or dishonors our parents. Remember Leviticus 20 verse 9 says, we are not to curse our father or our mother. In fact, anyone who curses his father or mother is deserving of death, the Bible says. It's possible to do that even after they're gone. You're listening to Dr. Robert Jeffress, author of the brand new book, A Place Called Heaven. You can learn more by going to ptv.org. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program. We got a little delay because Bobby Brooks is in here. We were kind of talking to him and talking about uh, going out to eat and how we like to go to the sponsors, sponsors restaurants when we can. And uh, always, 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 yeah. And I'm a bar rest, bar restaurant guy. I don't I don't like fancy places. No one's ever going to accuse me of fine dining. <laughs> Yeah, I won't get offended if there's only if there's only paper napkins. I get less I and I won't get offended if there's like a roll of paper towels if anyone's ever seen me eat. Um you know, having having that roll of paper towels is handy too, so. Uh let's talk to Frank. Frank. Yes, good morning, John Paul. Good morning, sir. I had a I had a two thousand eight Ford F one fifty, right? Yeah. And one day I was driving down the road and uh, they had one of those orange barrels here. Uh, in the middle of the road there, and I, it was in the curb. Yeah. And I actually hit the uh, curb with my uh, tire on the mm-hmm. right-hand passenger side, mm-hmm. and it felt it felt like uh, the power steering, the uh, back and pinion or whatever, like like it stripped the gear or something. It's like a vibration that it ever since. It's like uh, when you turn it to the right. Mm. You know, it was what happened basically was when I turned it to avoid the barrel and the curb. It, you know. It, I turned it, and it was against an immovable object, like the curb, the tire. And I think something happened with the rack and pinion there. Training, do you ever run into anything like that? Well, it probably wasn't that. And by the way, are you are you like in a big bird sanctuary or something? It sounds like sounds like wild birds in the background, so... Oh, there's some blue jays or something. Oh, okay. Over there. All right. So just, I was just wondering. So, um, no, what, what, what could, what could have happened is you may have, um, you may have bent a steering knuckle. Um, because there's, you, it's pretty hard to really damage a rack and pinion unit. But, yeah. but if you, um, if you, if you bent, if and what will happen? They'll put it on an alignment machine, and they'll look for something called um, uh, uh, toe out on turns, and they'll also look at steering angle inclination. Just some measurements they look at. So when the wheel turns out to one side, uh, I'm willing to bet too. If you 
if you were in a fairly dry, flat parking lot and you took a pretty hard turn, you almost feel like the tire's skipping a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm willing to bet you probably have maybe a bent control, a slightly bent control arm, or a slightly bent spindle, something like that. Really? Yeah. The actual spindle itself? Yeah, the actual sp- yeah. Yeah, in the front, you could have, you could have done. Yeah, just, it, was, it didn't damage your rim, you know. No, but it could have been just enough to put a little bit of a bend in it, just enough to move it out a few degrees, which is going to make it feel feel weird when you when you're turning. The idea that you actually, you know, took a took a chip out of a out of the steering rack, probably not that not that likely. Um, I'm willing to bet you just hit the curb just right, and that was just enough to put some pressure on it. But uh, a good alignment guy um, putting that car on an alignment machine will tell you a lot. Yeah. The, um, I, also, the odometer light went out on it uh, on the dash. Yeah. Do, they, do they still have the little bulbs in there for the lights? And the uh, it, it, it depends. I mean, some of them do. Some of them are printed circuits. Some of them, they just get dirty. And they, weirdly enough, they actually get moldy. And some of them, you, you end up pulling the dash, the dash cluster out. You uh, pull the connection off the back. You clean it and put it back in, and that's it. Some of them actually do have, some of them do have uh, uh, actual little bulbs in there. But um, it kind of depends, kind of depends on on the model. What year is this? Two thousand eight. Yeah. I'm, I bought it new. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's, it's been out for a couple of years now, and it's like I'm saying to myself, I'd like to fix it because I can't see the mileage, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I bet, I bet it is, it does have instrument panel bulbs, but it depends if there's a bulb behind the, behind the speedometer or it's the actual cluster that has started to go bad. Um, either way, either way, there's no good, good easy way. They gotta pull the, they gotta pull the cluster out to get to it anyway, so. Yeah, cause everything else lights up, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well that's a good, that's a good sign. So maybe there, maybe there is just a, Maybe there is just a bulb back there. I don't. I don't really know. So uh, I would. I would have to. I would have to do a little bit of research to find that out. But maybe between since you've been since you've been a couple of years uh, thinking about it, between now and next week, I'll look it up. <laughs> That's great. Okay. I give you a little update on my 2008 Ford Van. I yeah. uh, was calling you about the transmission out there. It wasn't mm-hmm. uh, shifting right. It was skipping or anything yep. else. Yep. Here, and I, I did bring it back to the uh, transmission guy again for like the seventh time, yep. and uh, he actually uh, replaced the transmission. He took it and replaced it. He pulled out the rebuild and put another rebuild down, and it seems to be all right. About time. I was kind of happy about yeah. that. Yeah. He, yeah. he took it for a test drive with my wife, and it didn't slip, and then my wife says, let me drive it. Yeah. She drove it, and it slipped. Oh, and good. He the, and then he pulled the tranny. Yeah. No, that, I mean... You know, the transmissions, you know, rebuild transmissions can sometimes be a problem, but, you know, those, you know, those, you know, a van like, van like that's an awful handy thing to have, so. Oh, yeah, that's all she ever wants to drive is the, uh, yeah. Ford E-150. E-150, yep. Wagon, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, you can put. I, that scared me when you said 10 speed on the Raptor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and we're starting. speed. Yeah, and we're starting to see that. Um, you know, I, I, I was in a uh, Chrysler, an eight-speed, and a Chrysler. We're starting to see ten speeds here and there, and I think the same ten speed that's in this is actually shared with another manufacturer. I don't know if GM and Ford are sharing transmission. There's something going on where they're sharing sharing something, you know, back and forth. So, uh, oh. yeah. So, you know, ten speed. I like the idea of a ten speed actually better than the 
than the continually variable transmission. I like the idea of gears. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Call me a little old-fashioned, but I like the idea of gears. Well, I always like the three-speed rally bike instead of the new high-tech ten-speed bike with the derailleur. I always thought that the simplicity of the three-speed was plenty enough well, to do the well, job. Well, uh, you know, I I agree with you because I mean I haven't I haven't ridden a bike in uh, ten years, but I shouldn't say that I rode a bike a couple of years ago. But um, but the idea of uh, I, the idea of uh, uh, 23 speeds. I'm not going to use 23 speeds. I'm never going to use 23 speeds. I'm going to use. I'm going to use. I'm going to use a low speed when there's a hill, and I'm going to use a high speed when I can ride fast. And chances are, it's going to be in the middle most of the time because I, I'm not. I'm not a. Prof, you know, I'm not a professional bike rider. I. I. I in fact, we got to get him on the show here. Don Morin, who's at uh, who's at the community college out in Worcester. Uh, he he went from uh, he's a auto he runs their auto technology lab over there. But he went from being a pretty serious uh, fisherman, you know, with the the Skeeter bass boat and all that, and he's decided that he he's a competitive bike rider now. So he he rides one of those carbon fiber twenty three speed bikes. Um, huh. Yeah, it's too it's too much work for me. Really? Okay, well, Frank. Thanks a lot, John. All Bob. right, take care. Bye bye now. Yep. Let's go talk to Bob. Bob. Hi John. Hi John Paul. How you doing? I'm doing good. Good, good. Hey, uh, I got a, a problem. A friend of mine's got a '99 Subaru. We got when he puts the brake on, we, we're getting a click, like a click uh, on the right on the driver's side wheel. So I thought it was a stuck caliper. So of course we threw a seventy-dollar caliper on, and uh, it didn't really help anything. One thing I did notice, John Paul, was the, the what do they call the? I don't know too much about front wheel drives, but the half shafts mm-hmm. going into the back of the the assembly, you can move those by hand in park. Is that how much run across that? Is uh, that normal? Well, are both wheels off the ground? Yeah, no, one no. was, one wasn't. Yeah, no, you shouldn't be able to move it much. No, I mean, you could move this. You could, there's a lot of play there, like, you know, half, well, you know, quarter of an inch move, eighth in each way, maybe. Now, that's with it in park, though, right? Yeah, that's in yeah. park. Yeah, you get, a, you get a little bit of movement. I mean, it's possible, I suppose, you know, with it, uh, you know, with it being, uh, 99. 99, it's possible. Yeah. Is it just front wheel drive or is it all wheel drive? It's probably all-wheel drive. All-wheel drive, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a forest. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't know anything about them. But. Yeah. No, it, and describe the click to me. You're driving down the road, you hit the brakes, and then you hear a click? Yes. Um, if you're seeing... Yeah. It, it, you know what? It sounds, like, it sounds like metal on metal, so I'm thinking something's loose. We looked at everything. Everything's tight, and it's like, well, now you're killing me. So, well, maybe the uh, callip is sticking. Yeah. So of course we threw a caliper on, and and it's right after it, it did the same the same noise. Yeah. Now it's possible, I suppose, that the uh, not not just the not just the um, the axle could be worn, but it could be a CV joint that's pretty badly worn. That's possible too. Okay. Um, okay. Does it? If you take a hard, if you crank the wheel all the way left to right and drive around a circle, do you hear it? Is there any noise like clicking noise? Just click, 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 click. No, no, no. It's no. just um, just just not stopping. It's kind of hard stopping. Just in, well, the other thing is there could be something that's um, 
Could be part of the suspension. It could be a ball joint or a control arm or something that's worn. Okay. Yeah. You know, what I might, you know, if it was me, I would probably bring it into, you know, any good little repair shop, uh, you know, yeah. Sullivan Tire, anybody, and just say, hey, I'm getting this clicking noise in the front. Can you give me an idea what it is? And then kind okay. of go, then kind of go from there just to make sure that something, you know, if, you know, it, where it's a 99, it could be a lower ball joint about ready to fall out of it or something too. So you want to, okay. yeah, you want to make sure you've covered all the safety issues. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. Jeff. Okay. All right. Good luck, Bob. All right. Hey, bye. Thanks for your help. Yep. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. I promised we would do trivia just to kill Jeff some more. And people will realize Jeff, Jeff's a great guy. He's been here since like nine o'clock last night. He's working on no sleep. I think he's up for 24 hours, and he comes in here, and, and he stays, uh, you know, where Karen, where Karen moved on uh, to days or weekdays. Um, Jeff said, uh, I'll do it, and whew, good, good, good thing he's so young. That's all I can say. All right, trivia. And kind of following the somewhat scary theme, scary movie. The movie Christine. What was the car in the 1983 movie Christine? And uh, there's kind of a two, I'll take two answers. But what was the car in the 1983 movie Christine? And I'll take, I'll take two answers. Um, and if you know the answer, give us a call at 617-770-3030. 617 617- 770 3030. So I'll take I'll take two answers. What was the what was the car in the movie Christine? And the prize will be pretty good prize, AAA membership. So we'll give you a AAA membership if you know the answer. Remember the AAA membership gift certificate is for a uh, standard AAA membership. You can use it to renew your membership, you can towards your membership renewal, or you can uh, or you can give it away as a gift if you want. Please don't sell it on eBay. The bosses get all upset when that shows when they show up on eBay. Don't do that. Give it away to a friend. Give it away to a child, a grandchild. Give it away as a Christmas present. Put it in a put it in a, put it in an envelope as a Christmas present. Pretty good Christmas present. What do you mean pretty good? What am I getting? I'm going to get fired if I say that. Very good Christmas present. So. Uh, but if you know the answer, give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And uh, the plot in Detroit, Michigan, an automobile assemblyman is found dead in a newly assembled blank. 21 years later, in 1978, Arnold Arnie Cunningham is in an awkward is an is an awkward and unpopular teenager in Rockbridge, California, with only one friend, uh, Dennis Gilder. Arnie's life begins to change when he buys a used, badly battered, red and white blank, the same car from the assembly plant, in need of extensive repairs due to his parents being against him or keeping the car in the yard. Arnie begins to restore Christine at a local repair shop and junkyard, Darnell's Auto Body. But as he spends more time working on the car, he discards his glasses dresses more like a 1950s greaser, and develops an arrogant personality. Dennis investigates and learns of the car's dark past, that it had an obsessive previous owner and his wife both died in it. So, let's see if someone knows the answer. Let's talk to John. 
John. Yes, hi, John. How are you? I believe we're going to Hey. All right. Uh, I'd like to know. I remember going to the movie and seeing so many of those rare cars being crushed up in the movie. And I believe it was a 57 Plymouth or Chrysler. Well, you got to be one or the other. you got to tell me one yeah, or the other. Plymouth, all right, 57 Plymouth. 57. You know? Well, here, here's where I said there's two answers. You are, you are right. It's a 50, it's a 50, uh, 57 Plymouth Fury. Uh, yeah. It's, in many cases, it's called a 58. But, right. uh, we used to have a listener to the show, uh, Steve from Boston. Steve from Boston actually had something to do with the movie or, Something. I mean, he was part of the. He was he was part of the Boston Film Bureau, and he said that uh, he always told me that it really was a different year than what they said it was, and that may have been Stephen King's uh, editorial license on it. But uh, but yeah, you are you are correct, and we'll get down your name and address, and we'll send you out that AAA membership. Okay. I thought it was kind of a bummer here with all those rare cars. I hate to see any rare, especially this car, get flattened out. Well, you know, you know. Um, you know, even back in like the Dukes of Hazard days, the amount of uh, oh. the amount of amount of those cars that they they put through the crusher afterwards because uh, because it, you know they kept ruining General Lee's. In fact, one of the Bo or Luke or one of those guys, um, his car, his personal car, which was a uh, which was not, I, I guess it was one of the ones that was in the TV show, but it was his personal car actually just went to auction for some crazy amount. So. But stay right, stay right there. Okay, thank stay you. right there, and Jeff will get your address down and get all that stuff down. So yeah, he'll take thank care, you. He'll take care of you, John. Stay right there. Don't oh, go. Thank you so don't much. Go, don't go anywhere. So the ten most least and complained about cars, the Toyota Prius, oddly enough, is one of the most complained about cars. While the, while two Kia models, the Kia Forte and the Soul, are the least. Eight of the top ten vehicles with the highest complaint come from domestic brands, while seven of the ten top vehicles with the lowest complaint rate are imports. To determine which models and brands owners complained about the most, IC Cars analyzed nearly 500,000 safety-related components across 4,000 models reported by vehicle owners to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration to level the playing field. Um, cars with differing popularity, IC Cars calculated the complaint rate based on the numbers of new cars sold. So... The top ten models with the highest safety complaint rates, uh, Chrysler 300, Jeep Grand Cherokee, Chrysler Town & Country, Jeep Wrangler, Toyota Prius, Dodge Caravan, Ford Edge, Dodge Charger, Ford Fusion, Nissan Nissan Murano. Ten models with the lowest safety complaints, Kia Forte, Kia Soul, uh, GMC Sierra, Chevrolet Silverado, uh, Nissan Sentra, Ford F-150, I don't, well, I guess they go from 10 to 10 because um, the interesting, the 10th lowest is the Nissan Rogue, and the Nissan Murano is on the other list, the bad list. Kind of interesting, the way how this how this goes. And um, just uh, all these, I guess it really comes down to, I guess you can look at all this stuff and say, you know, what's what's better and what isn't. You know, top ten brands with the lowest safety complaint, Porsche. Who would have thought? I think it's because people don't drive them. But um, Subaru, lowest complaints within 10,000 cars sold. What's interesting about that is every week I get a complaint about a Subaru battery going dead. Um, 
Lexus is there, Land Rover's there, which is odd because Land Rover's reliability, some to me, is not that great. Hey, I hear Irish music. Now I don't hear Irish music. Not that I that there's any problem with Irish music, but you know, I heard I heard Irish music. I found it a little, I liked it. Anyway, that gives us a hint of what's coming up next. <laughs> Our phone number six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is how you get through. We have open lines right now, uh, so if you want to join us again, feel free to give us a call at six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty, and we'll talk to you about your car, whatever's on your mind. We have oh, well, we got plenty of time left. If so, if you want to give us a call at six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Mid-size from Automotive News, mid-size sedan sales may be slipping away, but that didn't stop Honda from investing $267 million on a quarter production in Ohio. On its face, the announcement was a head-scratcher. Honda, an automaker known for its conservative approach to expanding production globally, revealed in September that it was adding 300 new jobs in Ohio and pumping $267 million into production of the 2018 Honda midsize sedan. That's a bold move considering the headwinds, um, the 10th-generation Honda Accord, and the midsize sedans. Um... Hey, look. <laughs> Oh, I so I'm the only one who can hear it. Oh, I get it. I get it. That's all. That's okay. It's all good. Of course, uh, sedan sales still have been slipping away for years, and this is not, uh, uh, you know, IHS uh, market forecast. This segment will account for about 1.8 million sales in 2020 and 1.7 in 2025. Uh, people are just getting SUVs. They're moving towards SUVs all the time now. So. Uh, there's a an interesting app. It's called Free to Move Mobility App. Faces some constraints. Um, it hinges on uh, some help. Last week, the North uh, American launch of this uh, global mobility plan uh, called Free to Move. The government official uh, boasted he was planning to use the app to get himself home. Uh, but then uh, Scott Kirby, director of Seattle's Department of Transportation, realized the app wouldn't work for him because he needed to take a lift. So sort of like Uber, but Lyft. Uh, Freedom Move promises a link of all kinds of transportation so it can all work together. So you can take the train, and then you take a Lyft, and then maybe even taxi cab or bus or whatever the case is. So it's supposed to group it all together. In Europe, Freedom Move has uh, connected about 400,000 units to 30 mobility providers in Germany and the United Kingdom, France, and Spain. So um, we're seeing more of this. I, you know, people say that kids aren't buying cars anymore. People are delaying getting their driver's license. They're taking Lyft and Uber everywhere, uh, taking public transportation. I don't know. Kind of makes me sad. <laughs> Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Kevin. 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 Wait a second. Kevin. There yeah, you are. Hi. There you are. Call yeah, hi there. Um, um, hey, I got, I got a problem with the ball joints. I'm putting ball joints into my Jeep, and um, a brand new ball joint, and when I go to try and spin the nut up onto the, um, the, the, um, the shaft of the ball joint there, the shaft is spinning. So in, that, uh, in, the new, in, in the new ball joint, the shaft is spinning? Brand, brand, brand spanking new. So I'm, I don't know if I'm going to take it out and return it as defective. What I haven't tried yet, and I'm hoping this works, is I have an air ratchet, 
and I'm hoping that I can spin the nut up there so fast that it doesn't spin. No, no. What I would what I would do is, um, you know, you catch the nut the best you can, and then, you know, the the ball joint the ball joint is the the ball joint should be first off the ball joint should be the shaft on the ball joint ball joint should be pretty tight. Uh, it shouldn't be, you know. It sounds like it's almost loose and floppy around. Well, it's not loose and floppy okay. around. It's um, it, it's uh, if you take it with your hand, you can't wiggle it around. Okay, like all that. right. Okay, good. Okay, that's good. Then what I would do yep. is, you know, think, you know, the the ball joint stud is tapered, and so I you, tried. yeah. So I'm, you go ahead. I I I banged the, the the steering knuckle up as far as I could, hoping that it would cheat yep. into the taper and cause it not to spin, right. and that didn't work. Yeah, well, try jacking it up so you get the whole weight of the car on it. So okay. like, either, so either jack it up under the control arm or by the frame, whichever way puts the most weight on on the on the stud, and then you you have then you have essentially you know two thousand pounds worth of weight on the stud. So it isn't it shouldn't go anywhere then. But okay, I, but, it's, but it's funny though. I mean, I put seven billion ball joints in in my life, and um, normally normally it's uh, Normally, it's it's not that it's not it's not that difficult. I'm wondering if the taper in the spindle is worn, maybe. Um. Well, it's only only thirty thousand miles no, on a no, Jeep no, that's no. never been off road. No, that's not it then. No, I would just um, try. I would just um. Depending on depending on is it uh, upper or lower ball joint? What is it? Well, it must be it's, lower. It's the, it's the it's the upper ball joint, so that the the lower ball joint is already in. And um, but I'll 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 try that with yeah. the jacking yeah. it up and see if that doesn't yeah. work. If not, I guess my only alternative is to take it out and return it as effective. Yeah, I yeah I would because I mean you you should be able to you know you should be able to tighten that up with whatever it is a fifteen sixteenth wrench or something. You know it shouldn't be shouldn't be all that difficult. Yeah, I mean I've experienced this with old ball joints. Yeah, but then, oh, you yeah. know it's yeah. not an issue. But yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. with the old with the old ones when they spin like that, you just cut the nut off of it and bang it out. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah this right. this should be, you know, yeah. I guess the only other thing I'd want to make sure that the the threads aren't all banged up for some. If the threads look good on it, you should be able to, you should be able to start to suck it up in there and and tighten it. Like I said, tighten it with a wrench. You yeah, should, yeah, yeah, you you, yeah. You shouldn't need. You shouldn't need a. You know, an air ratchet's not really going to put that, or a power ratchet's not really going to put that much extra stress on it. It is going to spin it a little bit faster, but but no, you should be able. You should be able to tighten it up. I would, like I said, I would. You know, catch it to the point where you're putting some putting some weight on it, so you can. So, however, you're going to jack it up so that stud is pushed down into the spindle as far as possible, and now you have the yeah. whole weight of the car on it, getting it to work. Um, I even I even tried to get you put the ball joint press on there to try and you know yeah. put the push you know, what, that way. And yeah, what what year Jeep is this? The 2007. It's a Wrangler, just a regular old Jeep, and ball joints are these are notoriously bad for ball joints. So I wasn't I was a little surprised that it needed ball joints at thirty thousand miles, but not. You know, totally shocked because everybody said, "Yeah, they eat ball joints." Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They kind of do a little bit, but um, yeah, it, it's it's odd. I, like I said, it's a little bit odd in that it would do that. Let's. I just want to look at something here and see if I can at least. Um, thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah. I've been a frequent uh, trivia winner. I've only called this one the second time I've actually called you with a car problem, but I'm I'm a avid listener. Yeah. I love the show. Yeah, no, you should you should be able to. I mean, even though that upper control arm is going to move a little bit, you should be able to, you know, put a little bit of stress on that by by jacking it jacking it up and and you know even if you have to, you you might even want to. You know, catch a pry bar between the upper control arm and part of the frame to kind of force it down into the spindle a little bit. But you shouldn't have to do anything more than that. There's nothing. There's nothing magic in there. I, no, this should go together pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, but you gave me a couple of really good suggestions okay. I really hadn't thought about. But thank you very much. All right. for that. And um, and uh, thanks. Um, have a good rest of the afternoon. Uh, you was you Bye. was welcome. Take care. Bye bye. 617 This is a story I pulled out of a, 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 of a member of NASARA, the New England Service Station Repair Owners Association, um, well, associate member. And this is something I actually always wondered. Well, you can't be a member unless you own a gas station or a convenience store. But why do gas prices end in nine-tenths of a cent? Well... Gas prices that end nine-tenths of a cent are standard practice today. To such an extent, it's now common to see nine-tenths pre-printed on the gas price sign. So why do they end in nine-tenths of a cent? It really harkens back to 80 years ago when a one-cent change in gas prices was a big jump and fuel dispensers had become sophisticated enough to measure out precise volumes. Intense price competition plus some regulation has institutionalized the practice to the point where anything other than nine-tenths of a cent pricing is unusual in the United States. It's legal. Pricing to one-tenth of a cent is legal in the United States. It was part of the original Coinage Act of 1792, which is the standardization country's currency. Among the standards set then was related to pricing of one one-thousandth of a dollar, so one-tenth of a cent, commonly known as a mill. A year later, a half-cent coin was introduced, which was minted through 1857. Mill pricing also and remains common for property taxes, stock issuances, power electricity bills. There's even companies that have instituted a practice, California-based chain, 99 cents only stores. Prices to the fraction of a cent. In 2008, it increased the price of some of its items to 99.99 cents. Uh, driven by competition, it wasn't until 1930 the fractional pricing was introduced at the gas pump. A number of factors led to the adoption of the practice. The driving factor was most likely taxes. The first federal gas tax was enacted as part of the Revenue Act in 1932, establishing a federal excise tax on gasoline to one-tenth of a cent. A year later, the tax was increased to one-and-a-half cents per gallon. At the same time, the country was in the midst of the Great Depression. The explosion of the automobile sales of 1920s, the growth of gas stations to fuel them. Because of the growing consumer price and sensitivity, it was difficult for real retailers to adjust their prices in full cents. So they would adjust them in tenths of a cents, cent. Meanwhile, fuel dispensers have gotten increasingly sophisticated since they were first uh, invented in 1880. By the 1930s, they advanced to a level where they could dispense fuel in fractions of a penny. Now, I remember working at a gas station where somebody would come in and ask for 58 cents worth of gas. I can't imagine somebody coming in and asking for, you know, two and a half cents worth of gas. It's not clear who the first retailer was, but by the mid-1930s, the practice was common by placing uh, a fraction of a cent. Retailers could more easily adjust their prices to lower customers. But pricing to a tenth of a cent didn't mean the price always ended at nine. Uh, there's a picture of uh, a Maryville Oil Company that shows 7.9 cents for a while, then 9.5 cents, and 11.5 cents for ethyl. 
Uh, marketing takes over, and then that was where all things go bad. Uh, Nine-tenths of a cent became standard. And there's a story. That's why. Hey, that piano guy means that Bobby Brooks is there. Top of the morning, John. Top of the morning to you, sir. How goes it? It goes well. You're you're taking the place for Professor Paul Sullivan again, uh, eh? Uh, I am honored to sit in the chair for Mr. Sullivan any time. You know, Paul, Paul always said to me, you know, his thing was to play the music for people, be a little bit of a personality, but really wanted, what he always thought, and he, I think he has a commercial, he's like, you know, come into the parlor, sit around the stove, and listen to some good music and have some good conversation and... Yeah. You, and you do the same thing. Yeah, it's 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 a whole lot of fun, yeah. and uh, I love doing it. I get some good songs queued up. Maybe a couple of Halloween things uh, tuned up as well, because there is a Celtic foundation of Halloween. I don't know if you knew that. I, I you know, I've been around a while. Yeah, yeah sure, I have yeah, some stuff. Right. There's some stuff I know. Yeah, yeah. So I, until you know, I need to get away so you can do your thing and entertain. And you know, people don't know, but he sings in the studio. Yeah, I do. It's, yeah. it's, it's not yeah. It's not pretty. Uh, yeah. Hey, so we got to go. Till next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car, talk to you all next week. The very best in Irish music with Bobby Brooks and the Irish Hit Parade coming up next. Yeah.